Church, how are we doing today? Woo. Glad I came to church today. Amen? God is good. He is moving. He is working. Man, I feel different. Yeah? I feel different now than I did at 9.59 a.m. right before church. I mean, how many feel different already? How many knows God's moving in our, in our life today? Amen? Okay, I got a couple things just to follow on uh, some of Elle's announcements. Next week, uh, Pastor Jack Grobleski is going to be our guest speaker. He's coming in from all the way from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I see. I got you there. This is Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up, okay? So he was, our, he was actually listening to my uh, pastor growing up, and uh, he's been a pastor for 40-plus years. Uh, but why he's coming is because he's one of the executive directors of One Focus Network, which is a network we are becoming a part of. And he's going to share a little bit about the network and what it is, what it means to apostolically resource a local church, what that looks like, uh, how they help us. And I'll tell you what, they've been a huge help to me personally, to Liz personally, the conferences we've gone to, just them pouring into our lives. The times of prayer we've had with them has just been amazing. So I just encourage you next week to come out and hear, as we call him, Grubby. You'll hear us say that sometimes, but it's Pastor Jack Robleski. He's going to be here next week, so we're really looking forward to that uh, next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. I think that's all I have as far as the announcements. I do have a testimony before before we do the offerings. How many remember Mark and Victoria Bowling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were here just a few, few weeks ago. Uh, we've kind of like a summer series of guest speakers, I guess, maybe, is what, that feel, what it's been feeling like. Uh, but here, I got a text from Mark. I don't know when this is. My phone tells me. Thursday. There you go. Uh, it says, we just got in from Pakistan last night. Remember he was going to Pakistan? Yeah, remember? Okay. The reports are now flooding in. The team on the ground has been collecting and sending the reports into our guys. Here's what we know. From we've had the one night, they had the one night big meeting where we bus people in. There was 103,872 people there in which they chartered 600 buses. It says that 88,217 people received Jesus at the festival. That's like eerie. That's like eerie. Right? I mean, isn't the population now below 100,000 Erie? So that's like Erie, Pennsylvania was saved at this thing. Amen? I'm believing for Erie, Pennsylvania to be saved. Amen? He can reach 100,000. I mean, we can do 100,000, right? That's right. And we're a part of this. And this is why I'm sharing this, because we support them monthly as a minister, as, as missionaries from our church that we send them out. And so that's why he's sending me this information. You can probably find it on his website, too. It says, there have been reported... 38,664 miracles and healings. He said in one meeting, 60 women reported breast tumors disappearing. Come on, guys. Give the Lord a hand. That's right. This church, we are truly, as Liz said, we are truly part of that um, as a church. And so when we give our tithes and our offerings, yes, it goes to pay the electric bill. Uh, and the mortgage until, hallelujah, that thing gets paid off. We're excited about that. But it goes to support missionaries. It goes to support missionaries and see that work. So we're a part of that work. So let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, 
for every gift, every giver, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working and you are saving souls, Lord. By your Holy Spirit, you are doing the work. And thank you, Lord, for Mark and Victoria. Continue to bless them and their ministry. And we just thank you for this church that you have planted here in Erie, Pennsylvania, Lord, for Erie Christian Fellowship. I thank you for every bill paid. Father God, I thank you that you are blessing this church and the congregation. We give you all the praise and honor and glory. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm excited to preach this morning. It's been a little bit, yeah? It's been a little bit. This week, of course, next week I'm not up either, but we've, you know, the summer has been different for us. Uh, we've, we've took the month of June off, and what I really felt led to share on this morning is I initially called it sabbatical reflections, and we're in, we're in this series called uh, Summer School, and we're talking about the school of faith. And I've changed it, actually, based on what, what Liz had said yesterday, which was really good. I don't have the title up there. But it's Reflections from Rest. Reflections from Rest. Because what I'm going to tell you this morning applies to every single person that can hear my voice. There are things we can do in our lives, and there is Reflections from Rest that I want to share with you this morning that have really honestly transformed how I live and operate in my day-to-day being. And at the end of the day, our goal is to find rest in every day. To find Jesus in every moment. And I want to talk about that this morning. So the subtitle of my message, you guys ready for this? It's called Be Bold. Be Bold. And you're like, oh, Pastor Jay, mm, that's good. That's right. You know, I've been thinking about getting up and getting bold and getting on social media and start blasting my thoughts and opinions. You know what? I just, Pastor Jason has encouraged me to be bold, to get in people's faces and to preach the gospel from the top of my desk when I'm standing at work. I'm so excited about him telling me to be bold. Eh. That's not the type of boldness I want to talk about this morning. And the reason why I'm calling it Be Bold is this. How many of you guys know I like coffee, yeah? And I'm like, I like coffee out of the Keurig, like I like it specific. You you guys heard the story, right, when I come down in the morning to get my cup of coffee, it's like, you know, you drag down, and the beautiful, you just put the pot in, you hear that beautiful snap, the pop. Anybody who uses a Keurig knows exactly what I'm talking about, and you hit the button, and like literally within one minute, you're drinking a hot cup of coffee just as you want it. And so forever, as I've been looking for coffee, I got something called Wegmans Organic Bold Coffee. And I don't know if you can see it, you probably can't, but I I don't have a picture of it. But this was formerly how the K-cup or the pod looked like. It just says Wegmans, it says organic. And real, real small down here at the bottom, it says bold coffee. That's all it said, real small. Well, during this time of rest and reflections of rest, We went to Wegmans, and we bought the coffee pods, and I came home, and I opened them up, and this now is the coffee pod, which you can't see. It just says bold. It says bold in real big letters across, and as I looked at it, and I put it in the Keurig, and I heard the pot, ah, yeah, and it started going, the Lord was like, did you see what was on there? You see how it looks different? It says bold. And the Lord said to me, clear as day, I want you to be more bold. And so I spent the rest of this time of rest and reflection saying, Lord, what does that look like? What does that mean? 
to be bold for you? Is it just, is it, is it preaching differently? Is it organizing differently? Is it changing the strategy? Is that what it is? Is it for me to share the gospel more? And he showed me four things I want to give you this morning. Four things that truly has begun to transform just how I live and operate. And I hope that it does the same thing for you. So much so that my daughter last night, this is a testimony. You ready? My daughter, one of my daughters, who is very sensitive to the spirit, she had said, what, is it, what was her exact word? She said something like, Dad was really calm today and happy. I mean, if you guys don't understand, like, that's like a <laughs> congratulations. Oh, that's an amazing thing. Like, typically, I am a little bit wired up. I'm a little bit, like, tight, you know what I mean? Like, I'm constantly, like, driving and pushing and moving and just walking, and I'm never, like, really still. God created us all differently, and that's okay. But it was a different sense that I have about me now because of what the Lord had done in me. And the first one is this. Point number one is this. Be bold by being honest. And the scripture the Lord kind of revealed to me out of Proverbs 6, 16, it says, these, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue. And he, I just stopped. I even think Marilyn may have said something about that scripture last week. And what really resonated to me is, yeah, you know, okay, we don't go out, many of us don't go out and say lies or tell white lies. But the Lord said, are you being honest to yourself and to me about how you feel about a certain situation? Or how you feel about the church? Or how you feel about your marriage? Or how you feel about someone's health issues? Or how you feel about anything? And the Lord said, be bold by being honest. And I was like, whoa. And I think too often we shy away from being honest. Not honest, like I've, a lot of us want to share our opinions, how we feel about everything else going on in life and in politics and what we see and critical race theory and whatever it is, we want to all share all these things about it and we want to be really honest how we feel there. But how often do we actually reflect at how we are feeling on the inside? God knows already how you're feeling. You don't have to hide it. Yes, there are power, there's life and death in our tongue, but I'm tired of walking around as Christians not being honest about how our marriages are really doing. I'm tired of meeting with people and saying, oh yeah, everything's fine, yeah, it's great, everything's good. And then finding out they're separated. You weren't being honest. I'm tired of men walking around saying, oh yeah, I don't deal with this problem or that problem, I'm good to go, I've got no problems. And find out they've been rooted in, in a sin for years. Now women typically, you guys do the same thing. You're not getting out of it. You may share it amongst yourselves maybe. Maybe you talk about it, you know, in the bathroom or whatever. Let me just, on a side note, before I let the ladies, ladies have it here as well. This is an equal opportunity preaching here this morning. Everyone's going to get it, Okay. Uh, I'm coming off a rest, it feels good, you know, I can say things. Uh, but we were in the bathroom, this was like, this is the guy's bathroom, 
This was at halftime of the church service. So I'm a sports guy. I love analogies. I went out there to the restroom. There was like four of us in there. I'm like, guys, it's been a great, great first half so far. Literally, this happened. How many, the guys who were in there can attest to this. I think it was an amazing first half church service. Let's go out there and do the same thing in the second half. Holy Spirit is moving. We don't need to change our game plan. God is good. He is working. Lives are being changed. Ready, break. And I walked out of the bathroom. Honestly, so there was someone in the stall, and I don't know who it was, but they were privy to my pep talk at halftime here. So anyway, I said, why did I say all that? I have no idea. Oh, ladies, sometimes you guys talk in the bathroom. Whatever. What I'm saying is, is I think that we struggle. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think that we struggle speaking honestly about how we're feeling in our lives. And I would encourage you, if you don't have someone currently to talk to, to mentor you, to sit down and talk with you, that you would find one. But I'd also encourage you to write it down. Now, you may write down how you're feeling, and you may tear it up and turn it, you know, burn it eventually or cross it out. This is a lie from the enemy, whatever it is. But during this time, this month of June, I wrote down everything. I just wrote it down. I took the additional five minutes to write down what I was feeling, what I was thinking, how I was angry about something. (gasps) You mean you can say to someone that you're angry about something? Yes. It says, be angry, but do not sin. It doesn't say, don't ever be angry. And I think too often we get wrapped up in not saying truly how we are feeling. When God knows how we're feeling anyway. You know that you can be honest with God? You can be honest with them. You can talk to him with honesty and say, I don't understand why that happened. And he may say, you're never going to know. And we have to be okay with not knowing something sometimes. But we have to be honest. And I honestly think that it takes a boldness to be honest. It takes a boldness to be honest. There's a scripture in Habakkuk 2.2. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. When we write things down, it is a reminder for us. We're able to reflect on it. We'll be able to see it. And do you know that I started writing down some of my deepest feelings on how I was angry at this or upset at that, at the very end of May, and do you know at the beginning of June, it was like this weight lifted off of us. Because the Lord was saying, be bold by being honest. To stop pretending like something isn't actually happening. Now, do we speak in faith? Do we declare the things we know that the word of God says and declare scripture over it? Absolutely. But I think as a church, we have to understand it's okay to be honest. It's okay to talk to people and share your heart with them. Because guess what, guys? You don't all have it all together all the time. And I'm, the, I'm, I'm like, you know, the lead member of our crew here. I don't have it all together all the time, and it's okay to say it. You have permission to say it. I'm not saying you have permission to dump on somebody all the time. What I'm saying is you have permission to be honest. Because the Lord hates what? A lying tongue. He doesn't even want you. Stop lying to yourself about how you're feeling on certain situations. So write it down. Be bold by being honest. The analogy I have, I think, on this one is, if you ever like YouTube or watch a video of like a tire exploding, I mean, it's like this crazy thing. Boom, it just blows up. 
but it's really hard to tell when the explosion's going to happen. And what we do in our lives as a Christian, I do too, is just, we just keep the pressure on the inside, yeah? Like we're trying to be perfect, as Andy said earlier, or we're trying this, or we want to make everybody happy, or whatever it is that you deal with, you just keep internalizing and internalizing, and it's like this pressure building and building and building and building until one day, one time, boom, it snaps. But I think what the Lord is encouraging me with, what I'm encouraging you, is there's pressure relief valves. There's mentors and people we can talk to. There's turning to the word of God. There's spending time in worship. There's praying. There's pressure relief valves that God has given us to be able to relieve some of the pressure as the pressure is building. So be bold and be honest. Point number two. Be bold by praying more and worrying less. Like that's not bold. You're darn right it's bold. It actually is easier, in my opinion, sometimes just to worry about stuff. And I, who said this the other day? And we call it planning, right? We call it planning. Well, I just need to plan this. And that's okay if you're a planner. I'm not saying you're wrong if you're a planner. But when you plan something and then look over it and then memorize it and write it a third time and take a picture of it and then really rearrange it so that the plan looks better this way. And then what are we actually doing? We're actually worrying about what's going to happen. And the Lord is saying, pray more and worry less. Church, pray more and worry less. And we, you said it earlier. How many times do we go around saying, you know, I need to pray about that? But we're actually just talking about it to each other and not to him. Right? We do this in our marriage all the time. We're like, yeah, you know what, man, we really need to pray about, you know, one of our children, this and that. And then we just have this 25-minute conversation about it. We get interrupted 15 times by one of the children. And then we go our separate ways. And we never actually prayed about the situation. And so we're trying to make it a habit in our life to say, stop, let's pray. Just cast the, cast the care right now. Right now, let's pray about whatever situation it is. However we're feeling, whatever it is, now we're being honest all of a sudden with ourselves. So can we now pray about it? I actually think it takes a boldness. And it's the boldness is actually giving it to the Lord. It's actually releasing it. We, we, we want to hold on to this. We want to control it, don't we? Come on, guys. I'm with you. Like, we want to control everything that happens. If I can just control this and do that, and if I talk to this person ahead of time and do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and then a few more things, everything's going to work out perfectly. It never works out perfectly. But we spend so much time trying to do it perfectly. Here's what the, here's what the Bible says, Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him first. Pray first, immediately. Pray more, worry less. Pray more, worry less. What happens when we seek first his kingdom, his right? All these things shall be added to you. Verse 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay? We got puppies now at the house. Sufficient of the day is its own trouble. Okay, puppies are, I, you did hear me correctly. I-E-S is the word that I use at the puppies. Yes, plural, we got two at the same time. Uh, and yes, it is harder than one at the same time. So all of you who have had twins, you know, I don't know if you've had twin babies, God bless you. God bless you, because coming two at a time is, is, is difficult. But we have to pray more and we have to worry less. Here's something that uh, Marilyn encouraged me with last week. You guys can write this down. 
She said, you know what? This wasn't at church. This was when I was meeting with her. She said, I think we need to have a definition change of the word responsibility. I said, what do you mean by that? She says, let's look at responsibility not in what we have to do and what we have to say and all this, but let's make responsibility our response to his ability. Our response to his ability, which to me says, oh my goodness, I'm going to pray first and worry less. Because I'm giving it to him. Liz, you said, push it up, right? I'm just, I can't worry about this anymore. This has to be in his hands. My response to his ability. Look, this is hard, I get it. Our culture is like, you know, plan, get ready, do all these things, and there's nothing wrong with planning. So don't get me wrong. But I think we need to pray more and worry less. So when you find yourself worrying about whatever it is, just stop and pray. Just take a second, cast the care. In your car, stop and pray. Out loud. loud. At your workplace, stop and pray out loud. It's okay to pray out loud. In fact, I encourage it, because when we say it out loud, I mean, there's life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? There's power when we say it out loud. Responsibility should be my response to his ability. I love that. Okay, number three, be bold. Be bold and find joy in every circumstance. Man, this is a hard one for me. This is, I think, one of the things that really has changed my life in the month of June, this this, uh, reflections on rest, is to actually intentionally seek and find the joy in every single circumstance. This is actually harder than you think. Maybe, Maybe it's hard for all of you. Maybe some of you are just like, what? I find joy all the time. Somebody cuts me off, joy. <laughs> Boss just got done yelling at me, joy. <laughs> Found it, no problem, right? But the challenge is, is if we don't make a habit of finding joy and seeking the joy in every circumstance, we just keep going day after day after day after day with no joy. We get worn out and we get tired, but God wants us to have joy in the process every single day. Every day there's opportunities for rest and reflections of rest and finding the joy in every single circumstance. It says in James 1 verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy. You actually count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your, pa- of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Do you know that when we find joy in the circumstance, in the situation, actually begins to change our attitude towards the situation? And then your daughter or son will come up to you and say, wow, dad's like super calm all of a sudden, even though the power went out, okay? The power went out last night at our, at our place. Normally, when the power goes out at my house, you know my response? Unbelievable. Of course. Of course, it's going to be dark in like an hour. Like, I don't know where all the, have I even run the generator? I haven't run that generator in like six months. Is it even going to start? I have no idea. I actually bought the extension cords. I don't even remember where I put them. Now I got to go find them. Somebody get me a flat. Like, this would be normal response, Jason, May of 2021. Look, guys, it's not like I got this all solved, okay? Like, I, I get it. I'm working on this with you guys. But July 2021, like, hey, Praise God, I still have an hour left of daylight 
to see if I can find some of the things. And I literally casually began to walk, and some, a kid actually stopped me to tell me a story when I was going outside to find the generator, and I actually stopped and listened to the story. <laughs> Honestly, I did. And normally I'd be like, like I, the, the power's out. I don't have time to listen to the story about Hyrule Warriors or whatever. You're, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but I actually stopped. And you know, it like took everything in me of like standing at the door. I'm just like, right like the sliding door I'm like wanting to just pull the door open I saw just I kind of turned into one of these mm-hmm oh babe that's that's awesome that's awesome tell me more about that yeah <laughs> because I realized like me plowing over my child and their story is not going to actually help me get the power on any faster Lord Show me where the extension cord is so I can plug my refrigerator in so I don't lose $1,000 of meat. Okay? There's my prayer. Kid wants to tell me something. So I listened to it for a second. Okay? Like, this is like... But it actually took intentionality to find the joy in every circumstance, in every situation, because not everything is hunky-dory all the time. Not everything goes our way all the time. So we actually have to go find the joy. And here's my analogy for this. How many, like, when you're just about to leave the house and you can't find your keys, what's their response? Right? Usually, I put them there and now they're not there. Who moved them, right? Okay, and so, like, who was the last one who drove the car? Where's mom's purse? They're probably in there, right? And everyone starts to frantically run around and look for something. But what if we kind of frantically ran around and looked for the joy in the circumstance and in the situation that we have? And say, you know what? What I see is this, but I can see God moving here. I can see this happening over here. You know what? I'm going to pray for my boss who just lashed out at me. Because you know what? That person needs Jesus, and I'm not going to respond the way I normally responded. And we actually can find joy no matter what we're doing. You say, yeah, when you're changing a baby's diaper, you can find joy as equally in the city. Everyone's like, ah, can't. No, you can. At the same time, if you're ministering to somebody and mentoring them and praying for someone, we have to learn, guys, that this life that we're living, it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning experience. We can find the joy in every day. We can find the joy in every circumstance. So what have I done as far as losing my keys? I am able to find my joy in finding my keys quickly all the time. You know how? Oh, my keys. I got a tile on my key now. And you see, it's easy for me to find the keys because I just click a button and I'm able to find them that quickly. Even though if I didn't, right, how many times are they actually in our pocket when we're looking for them, right? Ah, the keys, they're right there. Where's our glasses? They're on our head, right? You know, what I'm saying is, though, is the example of that is I put a tile on my keys so I can find them all the time. So if we could walk through our lives saying, I'm going to find joy in every circumstance, and it takes practice. It's not like I'm going to walk outside today and see a flat tire. I'm going to be like, 
All right, I got a flat tire. I'm going to witness now to the guy who comes to fix my flat tire, right? That's usually not our first response. Maybe it is for some of you. God bless you, okay? But this is a process that we have to go and find joy. And I think it takes a boldness to find that joy in every circumstance. Point number four. Michael, you want to come up or whoever if you're on the keys here. Point number four is be bold and be you. Be bold and be you. I think we all, me included, have spent too much time looking at how somebody else is doing it. How somebody else preaches or how somebody else fathers or how someone, whatever it is in your case, you know what you guys do. We fall into this comparison trap. But here's what the Bible says in Psalm 139. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The Lord's encouraging me and us to be who you are. Does that mean that God's not changing and working in our lives, taking us to become more like him? Ah, yeah, it actually it does. He's working on that. But he knows where you are. Stop trying to pretend. Be honest. This is from the beginning. Be honest with where you're at. Be honest with him. Be honest with God. Say, Lord, here's where I'm at. I need your help. I'm tired of trying to be somebody else, to act like somebody else, to do it some other way. And Jesus, I need you to help me do it. I wrote this down. If you think that you weren't created right, then you're questioning God. If you think there's something wrong with how he created you, then you're actually questioning God. Now, is there an environment that changes people? Absolutely. Upbringings that change people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that God loves you and God has created you and it's okay to be you. It's okay to be Jason Ackerman. I don't have to be Pastor Jim Dumont. I don't have to be some famous preacher on TV. In fact, I don't want to be. I just have to be who I am. And the Lord will use that. And the Lord will take that and he'll mold that and he'll change me and grow me to become more and more like him. I used to tell the youth all the time down when I ran, when I ran youth downstairs, I think I've done this to you guys, I've tricked, tricked them in the past. So how many of you want to be more like Jesus? Yeah, 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 me, 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 me. Please, I want to be more like Jesus. I say, oh, well, I'm glad that you raised your hand. Let's talk about how Jesus is going to work in your life. And in order for us to become more like Jesus, we have to be willing to grow and take those next steps. But I think God's encouraging us this morning is to be you. Be bold and be you. It's kind of like those dogs that we have at home, those puppies. They started trying to act like a cat, and you'd be like, what the heck's wrong with these dogs? But they don't act like cats. Trust me. They don't. They act like dogs. They know exactly who they are and how God created them to be. So I conclude with this. Church, I want us to be bold and find rest in daily living. 
by being honest with where we're at, by praying more and by worrying less, by finding joy in every circumstance, and by being you, who God created you to be. So bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Jason, yeah, one of those points, two of those points, all of those points, I struggle with. And I just want you to pray with me this morning. I'm not going to ask anybody to come up front today or even to stand up. I'm just going to ask if you would raise your hand if that's you this morning. On any of those accounts, just slip your hand up. Thank you. Praise God. Lord sees your hand. (laughs) I see it, but the Lord sees it. Father, you see every hand that is raised. Father, they are saying today, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. Father, give them the boldness to be honest about how they're feeling and where they're at. Father, give them the boldness to pray more and to release all those things that they're worried about. Father, give them the boldness to find, intentionally finding joy in every circumstance, in every situation. And Father, give them the boldness to be who you created them to be. Whatever their disc profile, whatever their Myers-Briggs, whatever it is that you've created them uniquely and wonderfully made. For this time, for this purpose, Father, encourage them this morning. And Father, I just pray for the husbands and the men in here this morning, Lord, that we would be bold to pray more for our wives, to be bold not in arrogance or to be yelling more, but to be servant leaders of our homes. Father, that us men would lead by example. And that the true ministry that God does in our children and in our family happens on a day-to-day basis. That it's not not just preaching one message to your kids at night, but it's day-by-day living. As we're coming, as we're going, Lord, help us to remember that. Father, I pray for all the ladies in here. That you would rise up them a boldness to pray even more for their families. That their boldness would grow in how you created them and who they are. And even when they're doing what seems to be meaningless tasks of cleaning up or straightening up for the 10,000th time, another Lego piece. Lord, that you would encourage them that what they're doing is important, what they're doing is meaningful. They would be able to walk in that boldness of knowing you are for them and you are with them. We thank you for it, Lord. With every head bowed and everyone's eyes still closed, if there's anyone here this morning who say, Pastor Jason, I... There's been so much talk about this righteousness today. 
about what Jesus did for me on the cross. About paying the price for my sins. If you say, I've never made that commitment. I've never said, Jesus, come into my life. If that's you this morning, if you've never made that declaration of having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that this morning, just slip your hand up. Okay. Father, I know no one's hands are up here this morning, and maybe there's someone watching online whose hand is raised, and we don't know that. But so, Father, we just ask now that you minister to that person. Father, that they will receive the perfect and beautiful gift that you have provided. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have come, that you took my sin on that cross, that you paid that price. And on the third day, death was defeated, and you rose again for me, for every one of us. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, look up here. I just want to give a benediction here this morning as we leave. Don't forget tonight, youth, 6 o'clock up at the Rose Center, uh, then the Luciano group here, 6.30 right here. My benediction this morning is this. Just receive this out of Philippians 1, starting in verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense. Can we be without offense till the day of Christ? That's a whole other message. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen and amen. We'll have some prayer teams up front here. They'll be able to pray for you if there's anything that you need prayer for specifically. They'll be up here to pray with you. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful rest of the day.